Welcome to the Marshan and Oran Sports Media Podcast. I'm Andrew Marshan, sports media columnist for the New York Post. He's John Oran, the media reporter for the Sports Business Journal, and we're here for week four. No guests this week. John, you're my guest. Next week, we have the big get, and it's a real big one we're really excited about, but we're going to keep it quiet because we haven't done the interview just yet, and you know, then we'll promote it on social. That's for next week. This week, though, you're my big get. Uh, having John Oran's <laughs> perfect for us to have. Uh, the both of us talking about who's up, who's down. We'll hit topics. We're going to talk about the NFL, the World Series, Amazon, NHL. And at the end, we'll have our calls of the week. You know, dissension on the pod. You're my big get. How did I turn into your big get? Hey, uh, good point. That's a good point. One, one thing that I like about our pod is that we change it on the fly. We started the, the call that our interview segment, five and a half good minutes or six good minutes as a pay on to a PTI, of course. But yeah, we're changing the title. It is the big get, and this is going to be the biggest get next week. It's a, I, we're, we're, I, I'm pretty excited about this. I'm excited as well. So let's start. Who's up? Who's down? Who's up? Who's down? All right, you go, Andrew. Who do you have is up? I got David Ortiz on the way up. Uh, the reason I have Ortiz is because of the improvement over the last four years, and I think that studio show led by Kevin Burkhardt with Alex Rodriguez, David Ortiz, and Frank Thomas has gone to another level. And it's not as much about what they say, but how they say it, um, where uh, they're putting, Fox is putting uh, the analyst in the position to succeed. For example, during the uh, Red Sox series, they had him outside, which you couldn't really hear anything, but the atmosphere was electric. I thought A-Rod might get killed uh, with the fans outside and, and, and Big Poppy uh, getting him the boo, A-Rod. Uh, they did some other segments there where uh, – I loved it. They were holding up the Veritech jersey behind him, which uh, might make me laugh. <laughs> it was tremendous. Yeah. It was tremendous. Good, good, good on A-Rod to go along with it. I mean, he's usually shy about attention. Um, not that time. Uh, but, the, uh, but Ortiz has really been good, and he's kind of the middle – you know, in the middle of the whole show, and it's turned into the star. I mean, Burkhardt is one of the best, if not the best host out there in terms of getting the most out of his analyst. Uh, so it's really good, and that's uh, who I have on the way up. Yeah, you know, about 10 years ago or so, I would have I hated that pregame show. Look, I'm a baseball fan. I want info. I want, I want some people to break down the game and tell me things that I'm not, I'm not going to see, but that's not where Fox's pregame show goes. It's, it's so much more entertainment, and it's, it's really marketing, for the game and it's trying to bring in the casual fan to the game and so i think it works the world's changed and so for these shows it's more about creating a team and that's what fox has done you know the parts work it's not just let's just get the four best people or you know just throw four people they need to get along and although a rod and and ortiz have had their differences over the years now they're in a good spot i think they hang out together at times uh even you know away from uh the set and all and those type of things and Burkhart brings it all together. So they created a good team. Again, it's not Fox NFL Sunday. It's not inside the NBA, but that's an on the way up for sure. Yeah, the key is that it's not a journalistic endeavor. Who do you have is going is down? You Got Mossed is on the way down for me. Uh, the segment ESPN does on NFL countdown on Sundays, on Monday countdown, on, you know, before their big game Mondays. Now, I love the segment. Everyone loves the segment, and you should. I just think ESPN goes to that well a little bit too much, uh, and it's too much about that segment uh, on these shows. Um, and to me, it gets a little tedious every week. Again, 
good segment for sure. One of the best they do, but just too much with the shirts and the whole thing. Uh, and I just think they need to kind of um, know it's a good segment, have it out there, but not overdo it. Uh, because, and I also need more from Randy Moss, just besides that he has this one segment during the whole shows. So what would you do with that segment? You, you would do it just like once a show or for-, for I would do, yeah. Well, no, they do it once a show, but they just kind of preview it. And then uh, it just, there's so much of a focus. They got the people with the shirts and um, a couple of things. The other thing I don't really love is that I would have Randy saying it and then I have everyone else. And they sometimes do it this way saying you got Moss instead of Randy yelling, you got Moss. Cause he is Moss. So to me, that's, you know, the minor thing <laughs> That's a minor tweak. I just think if everyone else is yelling, you got Moss, it'd be even better. Again, they've been doing it for years. Good segment, a little too much into it. Um, but, uh, but that's my uh, on the way down and it's really should be on the way less or on the way fewer to go back to our grammar. I don't know if the grammar police from last week that we talked about, maybe they're still uh, out there. Tell me what that should be. You can tweet at me at Andrew Morshan on Twitter, which that should be. All right. On the way up, John Oren, who you got? You know what? I'm going to flip it on you. I'm going to go on the way down because that was so much easier. There's so, so oh, many. There you go. All right. From. It could have been Roger Goodell, right? Especially, especially down here in DC, you know, it, okay. uh, but I'm going to pick Rob Manfred, the, the baseball commissioner. I mean, forget about the World Series, which notably is not the Dodgers versus the Red Sox. But the Fall Classic, it's dominated by, uh, by this dark cloud of labor negotiations. So Manfred and Tony Clark, the former player who now runs the Baseball's Players Association, they're all saying the right things about labor peace coming in time for opening day next April. But I'm hearing a lot of pessimism, and I think there's a lot of doubt whether or not ESPN or Fox are, are going to actually have games on their air next April. Yeah, and they got the new Turner deal as well uh, that starts Tuesday night with their national coverage during the regular season. So uh, they have a lot of money coming in. The game, again, everyone loves the theme. Baseball's dying. I've been hearing it for like 20 years, maybe longer. Kids don't like it. Baseball's doing fine. Uh, players are making a lot of money. They do have a question I've heard. I've read about their regional sports networks. John, you should do something on that at some point. Uh, write about that. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, for those who aren't aware in the Sports Business Journal, which you, you can subscribe to, John's done many stories. Uh, very uh, sky is falling stuff going on there. So they're trying to figure that out. We've talked about it a number of times on the podcast. Look, I, I really hope there's not a labor disagreement. We're going to get more into MLB in a little bit. That's our second topic uh, with the World Series. But but yeah, it's, it's Manfred's on the spot. And he... He is a uh, staple now. He got an on the way up from you. Now he's got an on the way down. So uh, very even-handed from John Oran. All right, let's go now on the way up. You, you reversed it on us. Uh, who do you got? Uh, on the way up, it's got to be Brian Rollab. He's the top media and business executive at, at, at the NFL. He's out in the market right now selling Sunday ticket. There's a lot of interest in Sunday ticket. It's almost certainly going to be split as, we, as we've uh, discussed before on, on, uh, on this pod. Uh, but he is out there in the market selling it at a time when the NFL is the most valuable uh, uh, programming on television by far. The NFL is expanding its league. It's more valuable now than it ever has been. Check out this stat. In the top 100 shows of the year, SBJ does this list every single year. There's going to be one scripted entertainment uh, episode, and that's going to be the CBS episode of The Equalizer which came after the Super Bowl. Like it, 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 it was a sports filled thing. It's what we're seeing is a sea change that is really just breathtaking in, in, the, uh, in terms of television. All right, now a lot of long time podcast listeners are probably saying, wait, they called it 
Andrew, specifically me, called it on the way up. It should be who's up, who's down. A lot of big changes to the podcast. Fired the voiceover person, too. We don't even know this unnamed woman. If we notice in our topics that are coming up right now, we're not, we don't have the voiceover person. So a lot That's, of... That messed us up. Totally. I know. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Let's go right into topic one. The NFL. Uh, you just mentioned the viewership uh, and... Uh, when, when you look at the NFL and you talk about those numbers, give me the biggest reasons why the NFL viewership is off the charts. NFL uh, viewership is off the charts this year because it's coming off of uh, the, the pandemic when, when ratings uh, dipped everywhere. And you've just seen a real big deterioration of entertainment viewership on, on television. But what, what I find to be particularly interesting is that the NFL in our top 100 list it's on pace to, uh, to have the most spots on that list than ever before. It's expanding its league on, on entertainment, but it's also beating out the NBA. It's, it's likely that the NBA is not even going to have any of the NBA final games on the list by, by the end of the year. It's, it's a dominating college football. The Olympics aren't even coming close. It's, uh, what they're doing is really just, I've never seen anything like this before in, in, in covering the media business. Now, we're going to get into this in topic two with baseball, but you did bring up something. The one thing I will say, the NFL, obviously, the best, most popular TV sport. But I think when we get into comparisons between the NBA, baseball, and the NFL, I always just find it completely unfair. Not that, again, the NFL doesn't deserve the credit. I just don't know if the NBA finals or these baseball playoff games deserve discredit because they play so many more games. And even when they have important games, they're not as important as a Super Bowl or even in some respects, a regular season game that's only one of 17. But the NFL is king, and when they're king, they're also under the spotlight. So broadcast teams, we've seen the Mannings do really well. Uh, and, you know, we, we there, there's a lot of things to, to look at in terms of the actual games being on the air. Andrew, how happy are you that the championship series didn't go to the seventh game so we didn't have to write that story about how Sunday night football outrated the, the championship series because yeah i would have skipped it i would have skipped that story but i just it just it doesn't drive me crazy it's just first off it's just t- such a tired story we got it like this has gone on now for a long time that nfl regular season games are going to beat an mlb uh postseason even a game five like dodgers giants uh so we know that uh so it's like our job is to kind of report something new not to tell you something over and over and over and over uh so and I just also think, again, it's not apples to apples. Does it look good for baseball? No, but baseball is a regional sport, which I surprised Manfred the other day uh, said that uh, as forcefully as he did before a game one of the World Series, that they're more of a regional sport when he's talking about the Braves' name as compared to, you know, you know what people think about that nationally as well. Manning cast, um, it's been a huge hit next week. Eli is doing, Eli Manning is going to be doing his former team, the Giants. That'll be a big deal in where I'm from. Uh, Peyton, uh, and I was told this, and he never really was confirmed fully, never really wanted to do the Giants when Eli was playing. So they get that, um, uh, they get that, they get that bump uh, with Eli doing it. Let's do a little over under. Uh, my, my people, Mike and the Mad Dog for years, one of the great segments ever. Nobody in the audience knew what they were talking about. I think, Look, we're doing a podcast for you people because you guys love sports media, I presume, and or you just think we have great personalities. I think it's probably the former. Um, the uh, 
Mike and the Mad Dog used to do the uh, ratings after the weekend. I remember just the NBA on NBC was always a big one. And like nobody knew what a 4.3 was. And then uh, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, Mike, exactly. And then Russo would act as if like it was like Mike would get it right. And he'd act like he just like uh, it was like a, uh, a, lo- a moon landing. It was so uh, uh, most amazing thing he's ever heard. So let's do a little over under uh, Giants Chiefs next week, John. I'm going to put the number at 1.8 million. You got the over or the under? Now, this is a hard one to predict uh, because I know you're asking yeah, for- Frank Thomas, Frank Thomas the other day. We'll make a prediction on the World Series. Let's go. Come on. I, look, look, I, 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 I know you want a quick answer. I can't give you a quick answer on this. I, I have a personal belief that if, if your team is in the game, you're going to want to watch the regular broadcast. Because because the, the Mannings aren't talking about every single play, uh, and so if if the Giants are in the game and you have the number one TV market in the country, I think that you're going to go to to the regular broadcast, and I'm going to take the under on that. Okay, well, yeah, the New York number will be interesting as well. Um, I agree. Like, look, I think the Mannings. I'm with everybody. It's great. I will say, like, I find I don't really know what's going on in the game very well. Uh, so if I was interested in the game, um, and I, if you're a giant fan, I don't know how interested are you in this game? The Giants are terrible. That's, a, that's another point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they could, it's not like it's a big game where at, at this point, New York, New York football season starts. And then by the middle of the first quarter, you're saying, all right, well, who could they draft in the top five? And it is, <laughs> we are in a bad place here in New York. Uh, so yeah, you know, the Chiefs are interesting. Um, you know, and yeah, we'll get into it later, I think. Uh, sources tell me call the week could have something to do with uh, Tom Brady for one of us. It's gracious um, over under, Andrew. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want? All right. This is I'm like a filibuster here. I'm going to go over. Over. Dinner. 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 We get it. We'll, we'll go back to that next week. We'll, we'll, we'll see if we are right or not. Um, and uh, another dinner is on the line. And I didn't just do the opposite. This isn't, you know, Skip Bales and Stephen A. Smith. I didn't just do the opposite. I feel it. No, I don't know. The ratings thing. I think I know a little bit about this stuff. The ratings thing, that's all, John. I just, they don't, I, I'm not a huge ratings guy, but I do like the over-under game. I will say this, in my household, I would take the over because that's the only way I watch Monday Night Football now. All right, let's move to topic two, the World Series. Topic two. Not bad, John. John had the nice woman, uh, who I don't know who she is, but she, he had her. Uh, let go. Um, and so uh, he, I, he, he, I he, want her to come back. She just didn't rate well. I mean, come on. We're figuring it out. She might come back. We, we're we're going to see what you, what everyone thinks. If you didn't listen, go back in the podcast. Uh, we had Scott Van Pelt the first week. Then we had Jimmy Pitara the second week. Third week is John and, and me. Uh, and then you'll see that we had uh, the voiceover uh, woman who would say topic two. Uh, but this week we're trying it without. All right, topic two. Let's talk about it. World Series, Fox. Uh, what's your first thought? You know, the story of the World Series to me is is really Joe Buck. He's setting a record for calling the most World Series games uh, of any play-by-play announcer. I think he's tied with Tim McCarver for being in the booth. It's up at, at 24 now in a row. He started when he was young. He was killed as Jack Buck's son, you know, just kind of like the poster child of nepotism. And I, I think he's finally getting, and I think this has happened over the past couple of years, but people are finally re- recognizing he's a pretty good announcer, Andrew. Yeah, I'd say more than pretty good. I mean, he's, he's a legend. He's, he's one of the best ever. Um, and like you say that, it's like, wait, you're complimenting Joe Buck? 
Are you going to go against Twitter? Are you crazy? Uh, the guy's great. Here's the thing about, um, look, I hate nepotism. Nobody likes nepotism. Okay. Nobody's like, I love nepotism. Uh, but nepotism will get you an internship. You don't get to do the world series for, uh, more than anybody in, you know, he'll, he'll end up more than anybody in the history of the game. Um, it's because he's very good. And the thing that I always find weird about Joe Buck is that, you know, look, there were times where when he was doing the talk show, maybe he made a lot about himself. I think he makes the broadcast not about himself. Now, and there's another time he tried to be like Pat Summerall when he's doing football. That didn't really work. But now I think he's in that sweet spot where he can try to be funny, which obviously across the country is not going to make everyone happy. Um, but he doesn't try to make the big calls about himself. Uh, he says it. He doesn't try to put some big headline like a Jim Nance does, you know, some memorable thing. And sometimes he does that, but usually he just says something and then lays out. Um, and so uh, I think he's excellent um, and he'll be able to do it as long as he wants. The question is, you know, he's doing that thing that that Brett Favre thing, you know, Barkley does it at TV, you know, Turner uh, about, uh, you know, going to retire, you know, you know, Joe keeps saying that, you know, this could be it. This could be it. Um, you know, I'll, I'll believe it when I don't hear it. Um, but, uh, but that's a prime job when it comes open. Yeah. I can't imagine. He's, he, to me is the best baseball play-by-play person out there. He, to me is one of the top two, maybe three, I would put him at one for, for NFL play-by-play. He is when you hear his voice, I know people get irritated because he sort of parachutes in as they say, he does a couple of uh, regular season baseball games and then parachutes in for the biggest games of the, the playoffs. But I think well, he, he does, does do that. He does, this is for the record though. He does do that in baseball. He does he do that. I, I no, I, yeah. I, I think it's a legitimate criticism, but I still, I hear his voice and I'm like, this is a big game that I know I'm going to want to sit and watch. And, and, and again, as a baseball fan, it doesn't bother me that he does that because he has a, a good knowledge and a good pacing of the game. Yeah. But, I mean, he did four regular season games this year. Uh, he did the Field of Dreams game. He does the All-Star game. And then he does the playoffs. And then the first round. Now, he's busy. Don't get me wrong. He does football, and especially with Fox still having Thursday nights. I'm just going to say Andrew Fergersi, Fox's, uh, you know, PR, uh, who, 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 you know, does their uh, – runs football and baseball uh, for the most part there. Um, he uh, – do not pitch me Joe Buck works so hard story, though. I hate that story. <laughs> right? I was a baseball beat writer. If Joe Buck works, you know, every day for a month, give me a break, everybody. Okay, it's good. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying it's easy. It's national TV, a lot of pressure, but I hate that. That's another story I cannot stand. I'm just impressed. You pronounce Figverese's name correctly. That doesn't happen every day, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so I'm exactly. just for the record, Joe Buck always talks about wanting to, to hang him up. He talks about wanting to retire. It happens all the time. He's not going to do it. He's he's going to keep. He's going to continue on. That's my prediction. Yeah, if he does, who do you think takes the spot? Yeah, let's just say who do you who do you have going uh, going to uh, to replace him there? So, so I think right now you have to say Joe Davis is the favorite. He he does the first round with Smoltz uh, for Fox. I, I'm just talking about like not not even somebody associated with Fox. Like who are the play by play guys oh, out there? Well, 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 but first, I have to say who I think are the two top candidates because I think they probably go internal, and I think it'd be Joe Davis or Kevin Burkhart. I think Burkhart's going to get hurt because he's so good in studio, and he hasn't done as much play by play as Davis. Uh, but Burkhart and Davis, I think, are one and one a right now. Maybe they have a couple of front runners, but I do think if you look at it, Davis probably has the edge. 
Burkhardt is following uh, what Buck did. He's like, he's very good on football. He's you know part of the yep. number two crew at, at Fox. And you could see him sort of becoming, if Joe Buck were to leave, he could become the voice of Fox Sports. Yeah, I mean, that one's another, I mean, I don't think Joe Buck's going anywhere. They love him at Fox. I think he likes doing the job. He, he you know, maybe he's gotten Jeopardy, perhaps. Um, and what was up with Jeopardy too? Gosh, no. <laughs> it's like they're like hiring a pope. I mean, I'm not saying they, I'm not defending any of these people. There's that first guy, but but like uh, topic five, Jeopardy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I want to get all over that. All right. So to answer your question, they went outside. I'd say Dan Schulman would be the one that maybe if his contract was up at the right time would be the one that they maybe would consider. Um, but I think it would be Joe Davis or Burkhart. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the people internally. Yeah, I want to throw in a plug for Brian Anderson, who I think uh, uh, does a credible job. But I, I think that they would want to get somebody uh, really young, uh, which would be like a Joe Davis type. Yeah, I'm not as big a Brian Anderson person as others. Um, I find him a little staid, but uh, he, like, he's very solid. A uh, little better on baseball than basketball, but um, just he talks a little too much during the games for me. Uh, I thought Jeff Farrancourt was a good addition, though, for TBS uh, for baseball. I, I know you're going to uh, go. You're going to tap dance over this. I'm going to put the over under for the average at 12 million. We don't know if we'll go seven games. I got all that. I'm putting it at 12 million. You got you to gotta factor in. Do I think it will go seven games? You got to put this all into the Orion computer okay. in your head and make it work. 12 million over under. I am taking the over on 12 million. I, I think that the Astros are a perfect villain team. You know, the, the whole idea of the, of the cheaters uh, getting out there. I think in many segments, the Braves and the Tomahawk Chop that they do, they're a villain team for, for a certain segment of the pop- population. People tune in to villains. The, the Astros especially, like they, they, people are, fans are emotional about the Astros. And I can see a lot, a lot of people tuning in to root against them. That, I think there are also some storylines Dusty Baker, who used to be here in D.C., he's been, you know, a, a lot of people are rooting for him to get the, their, the first World Series. So there, there are other those storylines out there. I'm going to take the over. It's not the Red Sox Dodgers, but I think they're sitting pretty. OK, well, just serve for some perspective, go back to 2017, uh, the Dodgers and the Astros, it went seven games. They averaged 18.9 million. 2018, Red Sox, Dodgers, only five games. 14.13 million 2019 nearly 14 million for Washington Houston and then last year pandemic uh six games Dodgers Rays also Rays uh 9.79 yeah last year so, yeah I think the over I think I'm yeah. over too yeah you you, you gave me a good low number so I think uh, an over was easy regardless if it goes seven games or six we moved to topic three this is one I've been wanting to talk about uh, since we started the podcast, because I think it's one of the biggest stories in sports media, and it's going to be for the next 10 years and maybe be- obviously beyond. Uh, Amazon getting into sports big time. John, I'm going to let you lead off because I think we have a first take level of disagreement here. Are you an idiot, Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. That's, a, that's What does it have to do with this? Yes, of course. That's been established. Listen, I, I, I just think that you, you have bought into this hype that the leagues have been pushing out there, that there are these digital media companies, that, that the, the streamers that have really deep pockets that can't wait to bid on sports. And I've been writing this story 
since 2012 for nine years. If Amazon was really serious about sports, ESPN Plus wouldn't exist. They're going out there and getting all the rights. Amazon is going to have a place in sports. They got an exclusive deal with Thursday Night Football. Uh, they have deals with the Premier League. But uh, the, the Amazon strategy, though, isn't to come in and like take the NFC package from, from uh, Fox. Their deal is to come in, find some sort of package, get it, and try to monetize that package. So the idea that they're going to come in and, and, uh, and all of a sudden bid, uh, be a bidder against TNT for the NBA, that's not going to happen. You called me an idiot. All right. So now I'm going to take it. I'm taking. No, the, no, that uh, was that. I was taking the guise of uh, Mad Dog on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I didn't care. I wasn't offended, but that means uh, I'm going. I'm going uh, heavy artillery here with my comeback. Uh -oh, here. Okay? Here I go. So you're saying number one. Let me just get you on the record. You're saying Amazon will not be involved in the NBA negotiations. At a, no, I'm not. I'm not saying they're not going to use them. I'm saying you're saying they will not try to get the NBA. I'm saying that they're not going to try to get one of the major packages of the NBA. I'm saying okay. that they're going to try to carve out a package to where you could see like the Christmas Day games go on uh, go, go on Amazon. All right, fine. But but the, the idea that they're not a major player, they just got the NFL for 12, 13 years. They didn't get the NFL. They got the worst package that all the broadcast networks said we don't want. Every when single ESPN, when ESPN and Turner, when ESPN and Turner got into the NFL in 87, I think it was, what package did they get? They, oh, they, they got, they got a package that was created, the Sunday night football package. Yeah, the worst like, package. Yeah. The, the worst package. The worst package. To get into the NFL, you have to give them a billion dollars and get the worst package. They're not going to just move uh, Fox's package to Amazon. Why would they do that? Fox is going to pay them a trillion dollars. NBC, CBS, same thing. So there's no incentive for the NFL to give them that money. Now, they might get Sunday ticket. They're going to have Thursday night football. There's a chance they're going to buy half of the NFL network or a little less than half. So the NFL still has control. Amazon is going to, is very well by six months to a year from now is going to be totally part of your NFL life. Okay. That's number one. Number two, you look around what they've done globally. They've gotten rights to major matches in uh, champions league uh, in uh, the premier league. You look at France, tennis tournaments, majors around the um, around the world. In England, they have the U.S. Open, which was a big deal this year um, with the, the women's tournaments. Uh, so, yes, are they going to get everything? Uh, no, not at the moment. But are they able to shop at the uh, top filet mignon or higher aisle uh, for the best stake in sports media? Yeah, they can. They're just not going to get everything because people aren't going to go there. Now, what they're going to do with the next 11 years, 13 years, is that, and in, in, if it works out, it becomes more prevalent. And then who are the players are going to be if, if direct-to-consumer is really the business? It's going to be potentially ESPN+, Plus, Amazon, uh, and then maybe, you know, it's, it remains to be seen if Paramount+, Plus and Peacock can hang with those guys. You describe Thursday night football as filet mignon. Amazon, their strategy is, is is readily apparent right now. And their strategy is like with the Premier League in, in, in England. They don't want a bunch of games. They wanted all the games on Boxing Day, the day after Christmas. And 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 enough people want to watch those matches so they can they get the prime subscribers. The difference between Amazon today and Turner and ESPN of the of the late 80s is that Turner and ESPN of the late 80s, 
had the dual revenue stream going to where they used the NFL to get cable operators to pay them more money. And then they were able to sell ads against it. All Amazon can do now is sell ads against it. They don't have that really, I guess they can sell some merch on the other side, but- Amazon has not dual uh, revenue streams. They have a hundred revenue streams. They're Amazon. This is, does this even have to work for them? Like I, I will say this, I've done some big stories on them to try to figure out why are they doing this? I still don't, I mean, I think it's because they can, and maybe it does help their business. It helps their video business. It does give more value to their subscribers and they have a lot of them, but- um, look, if it, if, if subscriptions, and we talked about last week on the pod, um, if direct to consumer is actually going to work, it has to probably work for Amazon as one of the players. If it, if sports are going to end up on direct to consumer as a, a viable business, uh, they are very well positioned to make it work. And if it doesn't work for them, I'm not sure it's going to work for too many people, if anybody. Well, I think the major media companies, I, I mean, you're dismissing Peacock and Paramount Plus who actually are actually out there doing the deals at ESPN plus are doing the deals. The major media companies are already doing some of these direct to consumer deals. I'm not saying they're not doing the deals, but Amazon is shopping at the top, right? CBS and Paramount plus they've gotten some, they got champions league. Uh, they, they have, they can put some NFL games on, on Paramount plus, uh, but then they're also getting these lesser tournaments. Uh, and so they're trying to get a little more tonnage. Amazon's not doing that. They're not looking for tonnage and they're not really in position to get tonnage at this point. You know, first you have to build something a little bit. You can't just say, let they they don't have anybody to put these games together. That's a, it's not an easy thing. You don't just flip a switch and, and you have to make it work. And if you have these leagues, you also have to think about, you know, um, distribution and streaming, you know, watching games on streams. Uh, it hasn't been proven that people are going to necessarily watch games that way. Facebook tried it. Twitter tried it. They, 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 they're no longer doing it. I will agree with you on one thing. Okay. I, I believe that Amazon will be involved heavily in the NBA talks, but I think they're going to be involved in the NBA talks because they're going to buy Fox or they're going to buy one of these broadcast networks. Those, those deals come up in 2024 and they're going to realize the only way really to make money off these rights that are so expensive is to have a traditional linear television network to where you get retrans uh, consent money or you get uh, affiliate fee money, which is basically the money that cable operators and satellite operators pay to the network. I thought you were going to say, I agree with you. You are an idiot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll come back to that. That's a, that's a topic, a big one. Our first uh, big disagreement. It took four episodes. I love it. Yeah. All right. Topic four, NHL and streaming hiccups. John, tell us what's going on. I wouldn't say it's streaming hiccups, uh, but it, right now- You, you put know, it right here in the rundown. If people are watching the video, it says streaming hiccups. He literally wrote on it, topic four, NHL and streaming hiccups. I do it. I do the lead in that he actually wrote and he goes, nope, got it. All right, keep going. I wouldn't describe it as a guy. I would describe it there. Well, when ESPN- did this deal. Everybody talked about, oh, this is a forward-looking deal because they're going to get on direct-to-consumer and you can see them on ESPN Plus and you can see them on Hulu. And sure enough, we're two weeks into the NHL season and I'm seeing a lot of Twitter mentions. I'm seeing some stories in, in, uh, in the local press. People don't know where to find the games and, uh, and, and they don't know that. For, so for the, the Kraken's first game in Seattle, the local RSN didn't carry it. 
you could only watch it, including in Seattle, on ESPN Plus. And that created a, a, a lot of um, hue and cry out there. It, it's been something that I think ESPN was expecting. And it reminds me of when they launched ESPN2 and they put, uh, you know, the Duke Carolina basketball game on ESPN2. And when people got furious, why would you put Duke Carolina there? ESPN was able to say, oh, we agree with you. You should complain to Comcast or you should complain to your cable yeah. operator. Now ESPN is saying, oh, we agree with you. You should give us more money. And, and uh, <laughs> that's... Uh, I, no, but let me ask you this, though. Business-wise, John, business-wise, don't you have to create this friction to get people to actually do it? Like, I don't... I think that's why they have these exclusive games. And, and all right, let me give the uh, ESPN defense here. Um, if you do get ESPN Plus and you like hockey, you are getting... You get so many games for your six ninety nine, or you have the bundle with uh, Hulu and and Disney Plus. That I've also heard from a lot of NHL fans who really like it. The question for the leagues is: Yes, do you have some loyal, passionate fans? But are you expanding that pie? That's a question. But um, but I think that's the other side of it. Um, and my major issue, though, from a consumer point of view, and this is something that I don't think is sustainable. You just can't make everyone pay for everything fifteen times. I just think, again, I don't know. People love these games. And, and uh, you know, because what we do, you know, we obviously get, you know, it's our business to watch these things. Um, but if I was a fan I, and, and didn't do this and did something else, I'd want to watch all these games. And you need cable still. You need, uh, you know, Paramount Plus, ESPN Plus, Peacock, all of them. Amazon Prime is very important, I've heard. Um, and so you need all those things. Um, and so that's hard, I think. If they don't make it easier, they're going to encourage, especially young people, to, to illegally stream. I mean, that's an issue. And, and then password sharing, I think that's an issue for these leaks because you make it so difficult. Again, I think most people don't want to steal, um, but that makes it hard to um, – uh, it makes it easier for people, young people especially, to justify uh, not paying for stuff if it's just so outrageous how much you have to buy. Yeah, go on Reddit any day and you can get a, a couple of ESPN Plus uh, passwords to, to, to get in. Look, I, I'm a, I write for Sports Business Journal and the business of this deal is great for ESPN. The business of this deal is that great for the NHL as, as well. But there is like, if you're, if you're a, uh, let's not say a hardcore hockey fan, because if you're a hardcore hockey fan, you're getting whatever you want. If you're a, a Washington Capitals fan, you're going to have to subscribe to cable because a lot of the, the, the games uh, locally, at least, are, are on NBC Sports Washington. You're going to have to subscribe uh, to, uh, in addition to ESPN and Turner, you're going to have to subscribe to ESPN Plus. But then you also have to do the whole Disney bundle because you got to get Hulu as well because they're going to get exclusive games. And so if you're a general uh, hockey fan, you're either going to have to give up games or you're going to have to pay out a lot more money. And I, I think that, you know, people are realizing that the unbundling that we're going through is costing a lot more. The, uh, I'm a big supporter of the cable bundle. That was great value for, for a lot of programming. And it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, you're watching it unbundled. It's really going to increase the, uh, the, the what, what you pay for that programming. Yeah, I'm a, I, I, I definitely think the bundle was good. I definitely think the cable companies are some of the worst ever. Um, just to deal with over time, uh, they're blockbuster. So I'm not necessarily rooting for them, but, uh, but you're right. The bundle was good and that people are going to miss it where you just uh, have cable. And now you have, now you kind of need cable and uh, your streaming services. All right, let's finish it up. Calls of the week. 
call of the week. Oh, there she is. She's back. She came back. back. We missed her. That was great. Last week, you devoted an entire topic to the Yankees local radio announcer. Who do you got for call of the week, Andrew? Oh, yeah, look at that. People are like, oh, he's leading in. That was odd that he'd go there. Yes. All right. We're going to go with two juniors at NYU who, after uh, the Knicks opener, made this viral video, one-minute video uh, that went everywhere, uh, had more than 6 million views on Instagram and Twitter. Let's take a listen to a little bit. It's not suitable for work, but we have a part of it that is. I'm New York Knicks run New York City! <laughs> Bing bong! Tell me a little something, KD. Don't you regret not coming to the Knicks! Don't you regret not coming to the Knicks! Bing bong! That has become a huge thing in the NBA. The Knicks have used it now. Um, the Magic, after they beat the Knicks the other day, did a bing bong. Uh, Trent Simonian is a film and television major from Los Angeles. And Jack Byrne is a business and entertainment major from Long Island. They're the two uh, 20-something, maybe 19, 20-year-old juniors. Uh, maybe they're 21. Uh, juniors at NYU who put this together. And here's something I wrote about this the other day. They are already represented by WME. I did not realize that when I wrote about it. I, I did. I, I said, what are you trying to do with this? They said, they're trying to do this for fun. They didn't mention the WME part. I found that out after. But anyway, yeah, so that's not fun. Right that's there. business. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're already, well, not fun. They said they're, res, I shouldn't say fun. They're resume building. Anyways, they already got rep, representation from WME. It was viral. It's totally inappropriate in, in a lot of respects, but it did show the raw passion of Nick fans. And so they have my call of the week. So I'm confused. Are they Nick fans themselves? Yeah, I didn't. I, I mean, I think Jack Byrne is. I don't think Simonian. He's from L.A. I don't know if he is. Uh, the one guy has a Yankee hat on. So, yeah, I think he's a, a New York fan. But they they do this for, like, Cuomo. If you go watch, like, when Cuomo got kicked out of office, they went to the streets. Again, they're only one-minute videos. Again, like, I don't even know if I could show my mom that other video. It's really <laughs> inappropriate. Um, this one... You know, well, like, are we going to see them at, at, at after a Nets game, perhaps? Because I I believe the Nets are overtaking the Knicks in your home. Well, it's not really. It's more of like they're getting the. It's, a, it's really more of a cultural thing uh, as much as a sports. It's like getting the passion of the New York streets uh, is what they're trying to do. So it's not like you know, let's just do this. And I, I think they they pick their spots. So that was a Nick victory. You know, you got the people going crazy. There's just so many things i've watched that like 10 times it's it's and i know a lot of people who i know in my circle who yeah i've watched this 10 times i watched this 15 times and it's just it, it's caught on uh and so it's interesting so they get my call of the week all right who you got john as we wrap it all up right. here mine is uh, i gotta go back to tom brady he was on the manning cast on monday night when uh, uh and the clip i'm gonna show is when peyton manning poked fun at uh the buccaneers quarterback coach clyde christensen who uh, was wearing some of Tom Brady's TB12 merchandise when, let's just say, the coach isn't as fit as Tom Brady. Guys? <laughs> oh, that no. short, short. Are you trying to short the TB12 stock here? What's yes. going on? Yes, yes, this yes. Isn't right. I need to get Clyde to eat non-packaged <laughs> foods. It's too, too much of what he eats actually comes in a wrapper and you got to tear it apart. I said, Clyde, just because it's popcorn doesn't mean it doesn't have calories. You can't eat eight popcorns in one sitting. You can't do that. I love that. What a new, unique way to watch football. I have seen interviews with Tom Brady for 20 years. 
I've never seen this side of him. I've seen like documentaries that he produced over fa- on, on Facebook. You never see him see him sort of react like that. It's it, everybody wants to do these types of shows now because of the, the Mannings are so successful. But I just think Peyton and Eli are unicorns. They have special relationships with the biggest players in, in the game and they get them on in such a relaxed atmosphere. And I belly laughed at that point, but I was also totally interested in the two minute drill and listening to Tom Brady you know, take us through what he does on that or listening to him talk about the quarterback sneak and how to do that. It was just a, it's a totally unique way to watch a game that I love. I'm going to watch a Manning cast every time it's on. Yeah, and from what I understand, it's just uh, in terms of how they're getting the guests, Peyton just texts uh, the guests, and then the link shows up from Omaha Productions on Monday. So it's not, you know, it's you're Peyton Manning. You don't have to uh, go and call and, you know, try to get someone to, to get in touch with him. He has all these people's numbers. Uh, and so uh, it'll be interesting to see who they have with the Giants. I'd love to see Bill Parcells on there. Um, maybe LT. That could be fun, uh, potentially, uh, on the Manning cast for, for next week. Um but uh, yeah, they 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 went with Brady. They had Drew Brees as well uh, last week, so they got the buzz. Michonne Lynch, of course, with the um, always entertaining little language issues. But um, but it was that you was know, good. Er, earlier in the season, they had Ray Lewis doing a Ravens game, and Ray Lewis on ESPN was not particularly good. Ray yep. Lewis on the Manning cast, he was funny and insightful, and they they just are able to draw him out because it's just so so much more of a casual atmosphere there. I, I just think that they've done that really, really well. Hats off to them. Well, yeah, and, and, and this is important for reporters too. It's when people feel like you know what you're talking about and when these players or um, athletes from other sports like Sue Bird, they know that Peyton and Eli know what they're talking about. They can speak their language. Uh, it makes people more open, even though if they were on with Steve Levy and company on Monday Night Football, they'd be talking to the same audience, actually a bigger audience, uh, as it turns out. But uh, but they, they feel comfortable, so they do that. So listen, there's a lot of ways you can hear uh, and, 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 and get our work. John's, uh, you got the Sports Business Journal. You can subscribe to that. He's got a newsletter on Monday nights. Uh, for me, uh, we're free for the most part on NewYorkPost.com, uh, but I also have a newsletter for our New York Post Sports Plus, which is uh, uh, every Monday morning of 2,000 words in your inbox about sports media. Um, and so uh, – there's a lot of ways to, to, to get our work besides the podcast, but we also appreciate you listening on all the platforms this podcast on. We're also on YouTube. If you give us some stars, we appreciate it. Reviews, that apparently helps us. So uh, we appreciate you listening uh, once again. And next week, we have the big get, and that's a big, big one. The biggest get. Hey, before we leave, Andrew, I want to do a callback to last week. Guys, c- can you play the clip? So I'm going to make a couple predictions here. I think you're going to be out of MLS. You agree? Fox? Yeah. Uh, certainly, yeah. Out of MLS. Um, I think this deal is not only going to be a Fox deal. I think there will be a streamer involved as well. I, I think that it's not only going to be Fox. That to get to that $300 million number, I think there's going to be a streamer. That I don't know who it is, but I think there will be a streamer. Do you do you uh, agree with that? I have not heard that yet. So, okay. so, so you, you might be, you might be scooping us on this. Yeah, the little prediction. Check out Sports Business Daily later <laughs> this week. I'm going to be making calls. By <laughs> the end of the week, I'll have who it is. I say there it will be a streamer. Like you know who it is. You I know don't know. I do not know who it is. I'd say it. I don't care. Well, I would say it. I don't know, but I do think there will be a well, streamer. I'm, go I'm predicting. I'm predicting. I'm, I'm going to go through the streamers I'm right now. I'm not saying it. Little birdies talk to me sometimes. Okay. Hey, so you prepped it. You said I did have a prediction. Yeah, that's all right. 
It sounded like you knew something. Yes, I, I did. I told you. It, it, we didn't play the whole thing, but I, there are some little birdies that I talked to. So I did know that for the uh, deal that Fox uh, is about to complete that you broke, um, that there's going to be another streamer involved. And then, of course, on it, you say, well, I'm going to find out. And then you did. And so who, who do we got? You know, people read Reddit probably already. But but who's going to be, who's gonna be the, uh, the streamer? Well, Fox has a deal in, in place with Fubo TV and Fubo TV is going to stream uh, a lot of the, there's a ton of games. There's a, over a thousand games uh, b- between qualifiers and the different leagues. They're going to stream a lot of the games. The biggest games are going to be exclusive to Fox. Uh, the deal I think is interesting because unlike ESPN, NBC and CBS, Fox doesn't have a streaming service. They, they, they have Tubi, but Tubi they're not doing a ton. We need the, our voiceover woman to do Tubi. Um, but uh, they, they don't have a streamer really to, uh, to carry a, the, the tonnage of programming. So they did this deal with, with Fubo TV. Although I am told Tubi is going to stream some live games, which is going to be a, a first for Tubi and pretty unique. All right. To be or not to be. All right. We'll be back next week. Big get. We'll, we'll put it on social once we, uh, have it we have it firm but we just don't want to advertise it yet um so we appreciate you listening and we will see you next week thanks a lot thanks bye